everybody standing. My wife spoke Friday night to the ladies. And she spoke about the names of God. And that word Yahweh in the Old Testament in the Hebrew is used 3,800 times in the Old Testament scriptures. It is a proper name for God. It is a name so holy and so reverenced that the Jews actually feared in how they would use that name, that they not use it in a light, flippant fashion. But I want you to just close your eyes and I want Jennifer to lead that one more time, Yahweh. And I want us to uh, declare that he is, that means he is the faithful one. He is almighty one. I want you to slip your hands up and let's reverence as the Jews would reverence that Hebrew word, Yahweh. It is a proper name for God. time I want you to slip your hands up and reverence the name of God the name of God reverence the name of God Everyone turning in the scriptures to Luke chapter 19. Please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Luke chapter 19. Tonight we're preaching December faith part three. And uh, this morning was part two. It was a saving faith. Tonight I'm preaching about an upside down faith. And how we're going to get things right side up. Amen. Before the service is over. Amen. And uh, next Sunday morning, I'm preaching part four about miracle faith. How many need a miracle of God in the month of December? I'm telling you, I believe December is the month, amen, for the miracles of God. And so we're going to celebrate that next Sunday morning with part four. But Luke chapter 19, beginning now with verse one, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was chief among the publicans, and he was very rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press, because he was of little stature. And he ran before, and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and he saw him, and said unto Zacchaeus, Make haste, and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste. And he came down 
and he received Jesus joyfully into his home. I like this, friends. I believe that's what's going to happen by the end of the night. People are going to receive Jesus joyfully into their lives. And he made haste, and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Wow. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of all my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Can you say amen? You may be seated. An upside-down faith or an upside-down Christmas. Life has a way of getting turned upside down. Before you know it, things can just be topsy-turvy. And the Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. That's Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, the scripture is quite clear that the world is at enmity with God. The carnal mind does not receive the things of God. In fact, John 15, there's actually a verse in John 15 that actually says uh, that the world hates Christ and the world hates Christians. And so the world is fighting God. And what is right side up in the kingdom is not necessarily right side up out in the world. Amen? And what is right side up out in the world is not necessarily what is right side up in the kingdom of God, where you and I live. You can't live in the world and expect things to work out. You can't straddle the fence. I had a man Friday evening right in front of the gymnasium, the evening of the women's uh, presentation and, and Bethlehem experience. He said, Pastor, I've been straddling the fence. And he said, it just doesn't work straddling the fence. He, he said, I've had one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and I found out you can't expect the blessings of God. I said, come on and preach right now. Amen. I'm telling you, when, when you're like that, you're just looking for mercy and needing mercy. Just living under the mercy of God doesn't necessarily mean living under the favor of God. You've got to move to a place uh, where, where you, you're, you're living totally for the purposes of God and you begin to see the favor of God bestowed. Tonight I want to talk about uh, the ways of the world and some of the things that are upside down in the world and some of the things that are to be right side up in the church. I want us to look at our individual lives first uh, because a, a lot of lives, where are we at now? Where's the individual life? Sam, to my right? Okay. All right, we've got an upside-down life. This represents Zacchaeus. His life was upside-down. He was a tax collector. He, he was a man that was very rich. In fact, if you go back and study uh, the history of Zacchaeus, he, he was doing more than just collecting taxes. He was extorting money. And his life was a disarray spiritually. Now, in the eyes of the world, as far as if you look at life and, and the fact that 
If you evaluate life according to how much a person has, uh, then you're evaluating Zacchaeus and say he was a pretty good man and had things going on for him. Uh, but the Bible says that even those that looked on him in verse 7 said, this man's a sinner because they blasted Jesus for daring to go to Zacchaeus' home because they knew he was a sinner. I'm telling you, the world looking on knows what's right and wrong. Sometimes they want to hide behind things. But friends, uh, they know when Christians are not living like they ought to be living. And they know what's happening in the world. But men are willing to justify themselves. And Zacchaeus' life was upside down. But he heard that Jesus was coming near that day. I want to tell you, I still believe that Jesus has that kind of effect upon people. That he, his magnetism of his personality, who he was as the son of God, he can cause people to want to be in his presence. And I believe that we have to portray that during this Christmas season. Amen? It says that Zacchaeus was short of stature. And he heard that Jesus was passing by. He did some things right in his life. Number one, he wanted to see Jesus. Sir, if you want to get your life straightened out this Christmas, you've got to have a, a desire on the inside. I want to be in his presence. Oh, thank you for those three or four amens. I'm telling you, we, we've got to have a passion to want to be in the presence of the Lord. We've got to have a desire. If your life is going to be right side up, if you're going to have... Uh, the commendation of, the, of heaven and the kingdom principles. Friends, it's all about Jesus this Christmas season. Amen? And so Zacchaeus wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. The crowds didn't stop him, for he climbed a sycamore tree. Well, the, cloud, the crowds can't stop us. The shopping, the, the, uh, the busyness of the schedule... I'm telling you, we, we went to something every night of the week this past week. You can't let the busyness of the season crowd out Jesus. If you allow the busyness of December to crowd out the Lord before very long, your tree's going to be upside down. And it won't be because of the grandkids. Amen. We've got those little ones running around now, and, and uh, two of them were over this afternoon, and they're just pulling ornaments off the tree. Just, I mean, fast as you can put them back up, they're stripping the tree. Well, if you're not careful, friends, because of all that's going on in the month of December, your tree will be upside down, your life will be upside down, and you will find things are not working out well. Jesus comes into a life to turn that life around, as he did for Zacchaeus. His life was upside down, but look at verse 10. Everybody look at verse 10, because this was the strategy of heaven. You know, we shared that powerful video this morning. Someone told me after the first service, Pastor, the church ought to believe God for enough money to air that video during the Super Bowl. Wow. Wouldn't that be powerful for America to see that video and be reminded that there is an eternity that without Christ in your life uh, is a, an eternity uh, that they don't want to enter. But it says the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Verse 9, 
says salvation has come to Zacchaeus' house this day. Look at it. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. I'm telling you, God was concerned about writing Zacchaeus' life. I, there, there comes a time that we need to cut down some things. We need to cut down some lives that are upside down. Amen. And we need to write them. Well, there went the pet, too, over there. Amen. I was going to talk about pets, and they already cut him down. Amen. I, let me just go ahead and say something about pets. You know that in America, there are many people that spend more on their pets in a year than they give to the work of God. I'm talking about things that are upside down. You better believe more in the salvation of souls and in the, and, and the purposes of God. I'm telling you, we got to get some things back right side up. Amen. And what we want to understand is our lives, the tree of our life, needs to be planted by rivers of living water. Amen. And so that we're bearing fruit and that our lives are right side up. Jesus came to seek and save men that their lives were upside down and he wanted to write things in their life. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm going to watch where I'm standing. Amen. I want to talk to you about upside down families. Because this time of year, if we're not careful, we teach our children some things and sets of values that we don't really, let me find out where families is okay amen i'm gonna stand over here then a little bit amen we instill in our children values that i'm not sure we really want them to grow up and embrace for the rest of their lives i want everybody to go to proverbs 22 everyone look into the word of god proverbs 22 Then we're going to Ephesians chapter 6, so you can be finding that passage. But Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm telling you, friends, there is the process of planting in the lives of our children and our grandchildren things that will keep them close to the cross of Jesus. Keep them close to the things of God. Now go over to Ephesians chapter 6 because this is listed as the companion verse of Proverbs chapter 22. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Friends, it's time to get our families straightened out. There's a whole lot of families in America that their families are upside down. And the family has been devalued. The family, if you look, there's, and, and I don't watch, we don't watch television. I just have to read about this. We don't watch a lot of television. But I know that the sitcoms and all that's being portrayed as what is the norm, pictures, Homes and families, I'm telling you, according to the scriptures, according to the holy word of God, their families are upside down. 
And what we've got to do, friends, is get our families back in God's Word and train up our children, train up our grandchildren, and show them what the Word of God says, the rule for their faith and practice. The rule for our homes and families is found right here in this book. I can't imagine anyone not wanting a successful family. How many want successful families? I'm telling you, you got to go by the book. You can't go by some of the, you know, I used to take a magazine because I just wanted to see the thinking of the world. It was called, well, I won't tell you the name because this is being broadcast. But it, it, was a, it was a psychology magazine. And it kept me apprised of a lot of the current thinking and the trends in, in the counseling world and the, uh, the world of psychology. And, and I want to tell you, friends, so much of it does not line up and does not parallel the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you, if you go by psychology today, before long, your family's going to be upside down. You better go by what the Word of God declares. Amen. And it says, fathers, don't provoke your children, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Parents, grandparents, teach your children to love Jesus. Teach your children the important values uh, of, of Christian virtues. Amen. William Bennett wrote a great book on, Christian, on, on virtues and being virtuous. Teach your families the importance of Sunday school. I'm telling you, your children take note of what is important in the family's life. And if Sunday school is important, when they grow up, Sunday school will be important. If church attendance is important, how many want your children one day to be in the house of God and worship in the house of God. You know what's got to be important right now? Amen. I, I'm, I'm preaching real good. I'm not getting a lot of amens. But you need to teach faithfulness. You need to teach being involved in serving. Being available for the work of God. I'm telling you, I found out over the years that the more I do for God and, and my family watching me uh, serve the Lord, if they see you serving the Lord with joy and gladness, it translates into what's important in their life. I have heard two men in my entire ministry use the word unavailable. And I'm telling you, for those two men, it never worked out. Don't ever tell God you're not available to be used. Mary in the Christmas story said, be it unto me, I'm available. I am nothing but a handmaiden of the Lord. How many raise your hand and say, Lord, I'm available to you? Amen? I'm telling you, it doesn't work out. If Mickey Mouse is in your manger scene, your family's upside down. I'm going to just go ahead and say that one more time. I know we live in Florida, and I know we've got all the, the theme parks, and I'll just be quite honest. I'm an, I have an annual membership because I got grandchildren. But it never takes the place of my worship of God. Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse are not in my manger. I'm gonna go a step further. Football is not in my manger. I I'm gonna tell you who is in my manger, the Christ child. We've got nativity sets all around our home. And if you'll look around the church properties and the, the, 
the people who have helped decorate have just done a wonderful job this year, and God bless each and every one. But I love to see the nativities. And friends, the central theme right there in the heart of the manger see, is Jesus, the Son of the living God, the only begotten of the Father. Amen? We need to cut down families that are upside down. Amen? And we need to right our families. You know, I don't know what this is doing for these trees. Amen. We're going to have to have a healing service after this is over. This one, oh my goodness. Yeah, this one's pretty, that ain't going to work anymore, is it? <laughs> but we need to get our families back in line with the word of God. Amen. I'm about to get to you next. Amen. Now, I'm not attacking Santa Claus. I'm just saying he doesn't need to be enthroned in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus needs to be Lord. Get your family back right side up. Fathers, train your children in the ways of God. Mama, train your children in the things of the Lord. Let them see the love for Christ. Amen? You know, the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will fall into place. I believe that works. The more you put Jesus first in your life, the more successful your family's going to be. The best Christmas ever is when families center their Christmas around him. You know, um, a lot of people oppose putting X and must together. Um, now, I actually studied this, and I'm in opposition to that because I, I believe you need, to, you need to write out Christ, but I want you to hear this. Uh, if you study the Greek, the X in the Greek language, and I went and looked all this up even this afternoon just to reaffirm it, it can, if the Greek X and the Greek P come together, it can mean Christ in Christmas. But I want to tell you, in the Latin, when the X is used, it means Christless. I, I'm, I, and who is to say what they mean when they put on their window X must? I want to just spell it out real clear. I'm all about Jesus being in Christmas. I don't want there to be any doubt. We're not going to leave Christ out of Christmas. You've got an M-E-S-S if you leave him out. A must mess. Amen. In Spanish, that means much mess. Amen. It would be better to serve your family TV dinners than to fail to worship during this season of the year. Amen. It won't kill them to have a TV dinner. Amen. I saw them on sale in Winn-Dixie. Uh, five for $10 this week. Amen. It'd be better for you to buy some of those discounted TV dinners and serve them some TV dinners if you can still have quality time to worship the Lord. Next, I want to talk about some upside-down churches during this time of the year. Amen. I remember a couple of years ago when uh, Christmas was on Sunday and... Uh, 
the non-believing world attack the church because across America so many churches closed their doors on Christmas Sunday. This was just a couple of years ago. There were articles written. It was unbelievable how many of the non-believers, the non-Christians spoke out against the church closing its doors on Christmas Day. I'm going to tell you something, friends. If there's ever a day that we need to be open, it's the day that we declare that Jesus was born and we are celebrating the birth of our Messiah, the birth of our King, the Lordship of Jesus over our life. The church house dare not be closed. We have stopped our outreach to a lost world. We've allowed the pressure of a culture that is upside down to cause the church to be upside down. We've become me-absorbed, self-absorbed, non-missional churches, and I want you to write this down or remember this, non-missional churches are dying churches. So many churches in America have no Sunday school today. So many churches in America have no Sunday night services. And now the latest trend is to do away with Wednesday night services. When are you going to meet together to celebrate Jesus? I'm talking about churches that are getting upside down because of a culture that's getting away from God. The greatest time of the year to worship is during the season that we're celebrating his birth. Amen? The church must step up to the plate. I read an article and reread it this week about some of the major theme parks that are doing Christmas specials and they are celebrating the birth of Christ. And I thought, how come the world is having to do this? It's because the church has stopped doing this. Somebody say amen. Just five years ago, it was estimated, Matt's, Matt uh, Staver uh, of the Liberty Council wrote an article about this. There was approximately 75% of businesses in America that had got to a point where they were forbidding their employees to say Merry Christmas. The latest stat that was released just a few days ago said that's down to about 35% because there became a boycott across America against the businesses that would refuse to say Merry Christmas. I want to tell you, uh, there still needs to be an uprising among people uh, that we're upset uh, that, that people can't say Merry Christmas. They want our money. Amen. We need to hear some Merry Christmas. Amen. I went into a department store two times. One Friday evening while the women were having their thing. It's a, depart it's a, it's a lumber store right over here on Lane Avenue. I won't call its name. But they were playing, he shall reign forever and ever. I tell you right there on the, on the two before aisle, I got blessed. Amen. I got a two before eight by eight. And I had, that, I had that in my hand. And they were singing, he shall reign forever. I was having camp meeting on the lumber aisle. Amen. We went back in there last night after prayer meeting, and they had Christian carols going on. Uh, uh, friends, I want to support people that are promoting Jesus. Many churches are upside down. 
Where has the church gone? Where has the light gone? Where is the salt? Churches have become entertainment centers. No prayer meetings, no fasting, no sound doctrine. If you look at the book of Revelation, do you know that every one of those churches are extinct? They're gone. Everyone that John wrote to, the scripture that was written in chapter 2 and chapter 3 to the seven churches, every one of them died. I'm telling you, the church in America is headed for destruction, headed uh, towards its death blow. If we do not turn around the church and get back to the word of God and get back to prayer and fasting and seeking and lifting up the Lord, we need Holy Ghost revival. And it's time we write the church and get the church, cut down uh, the upside down church. Amen. And we put... The church back in the right position where it needs to be. I want to tell you, in the church, it's not about P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, -E -E presence. It's about P-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E, -E -E, presence, amen? I want the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want upside down church. I want church that's alive with the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to talk to you lastly tonight about a nation that is upside down. Amen. A nation that needs Christians in this hour to see it righted. A nation that has departed from its spiritual moorings. No longer the Ten Commandments important. When we took prayer and we took Bible reading and we took the Ten Commandments out of the schools, friends, we, the moral code, I'm telling you, men need a moral code. Men need a code to live by, a standard. And that's what this book is to be by. It is the law of God. You know why they don't want the scriptures? Men don't want the scriptures because it tells us right from wrong. That's why we have court cases even this week about mangers in public arenas. Other cases about caroling in public schools, Christmas caroling with a message. I'm telling you, uh, they, they, it's all right to sing the songs about Santa, to sing the songs about Rudolph. Well, these others are gone, amen. Somebody cut Rudolph down over there too, amen. Let's get him down, amen. Get over there, yes, amen, there he goes. Now, I'm not attacking for all the children, amen. But I want you to understand, they all have a right place, a proper place, and it's not before Jesus Christ. There's more position against God's timeless truths today in courts of law than ever before. But I want to tell you, we are bound by God's law, not the courts of this law. Amen? I was reading yesterday, and I want everybody to go over to Isaiah chapter 9 because I want to show you something that came alive to me. And I shared this with our deacons yesterday and staff I had never put this passage together. And, and uh, Saturday morning when I was preparing to address the deacons and staff, I was looking at verse 6 of Isaiah 9. And it says, unto us, and I remember I remarked about this verse this morning, Charles Spurgeon preached a great Christmas message entitled unto us 
Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called, everybody read this with me, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Look three verses further down. Look what the prophet Isaiah ties to the whole government of the Son of God. How that men one day, when the towers are fallen, the bricks are falling. I never put these two together in the same chapter and did not realize the impact of this until yesterday morning. But there comes a time when, friends, a nation departs God to such an extent that they no more realize the kingdom of God on earth and they no more realize uh, that, that uh, Jesus is Lord and the government of his kingdom and how important the increase of his kingdom and they will awaken to a place where the bricks are falling, the towers come down, and they will try to rebuild, and the sycamores are cut down, and we're going to change them into cedars. Therefore, the Lord shall set up adversaries. I'm telling you, a nation that departs from God, a nation that buys into secularism, hedonism, the pop culture of self-indulgence, I read about all of these things this week and how they're prevailing in our culture. I'm here to declare, friends, we need a Christ in Christmas for a nation that's been running from God. Amen? Recently, the courts ruled in favor of other religions singing their songs and yet denying the ability for us to sing that Christ is alive. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Ask Assyria. Ask the Roman Empire. Ask Babylon, Medo-Persia, Egypt, the Grecian Empire. All of these have fallen on the ash heap of history. I, I was studying this week about Hellenism, and we, we looked at this while we were in Israel because the Hellenistic philosophy uh, carried over in the nation of Israel during that uh, first beast. Uh, century B.C. in the first century A.D. And, and it, had, it prevailed upon the thought process and actually gave rise to the Gnostics in the second century. Uh, Gnosticism. I'm here to declare that, friends, if we are not careful, the culture of the world will infiltrate the church. Well, it has infiltrated our nation. And our nation has bought into a secularism. Our nation has bought into hedonism. We have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And it's time we get our nation turned back right side up. I want us to cut down an upside down nation. Amen. Maybe that's prophetic right there. Because we're hanging by a thread. I'm telling you, I believe God is speaking to America. I have never felt stronger that we are getting close to the coming of the Lord. I believe the Lord's return is soon. 
And I believe God is speaking to a nation. I want our praise team to come back. I'm telling you, Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. Noah was concerned about a generation that was lost. And with obedience, he built an ark to prepare for the saving of his family. The world is about to see the judgment of our God. The church has got to be strong in this hour. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Your family has got to be right side up. Sir, your life has got to be right side up. We need strong Christians in America that will stand up and declare that Jesus is Lord. That we're going to keep Christ in Christmas. I want every person in this room that you're going to keep the centrality of Christ and honor the Son of God during this season, I want you to stand right now. If you're going to honor the Sonship of God and keep Jesus first, I want everybody to stand that's concerned about America. I want everybody to stand that's concerned about families. I want everybody to stand that's concerned about churches. I was praying yesterday for the churches of this city. I'm telling you, you know, I hear some things and get reports, and there's some sad state of affairs going on. And friends, there needs to be integrity in the pulpit, and there needs to be integrity in the pew. Amen. There needs to be a fear of God put back in America. I'm going to tell you, we've lost the fear of God in this nation. And men shake their fist at God. Close your eyes with me. Let's just wait in His presence. God is not willing that any should perish. He's a redemptive God. He's a loving God. As I preached this morning, for God so loved the world, He didn't come to condemn, He didn't come to damn souls to eternity. Men choose that. They choose their eternal place of abode. But God loves you, sir. God loves your family. He's not willing that any man perish, but that all come to repentance. If your life is a mess, is that man standing outside the gymnasium Friday evening at about 8 o'clock told me he said things are so upside down in my life but he said pastor I've been trying to live with one foot in and one foot out one foot on one side of the fence and one foot on the other side of the fence and it hasn't worked out if there are spiritual needs in your life I want you to make your way to this altar right now come on I want you to come meet me here if you've got spiritual needs, if you're struggling, if you're battling some things, if your life is not where it ought to be, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I invite you to come. Well, if you've had one foot in the church and one foot in the world, I invite you to come right now. There's some Christians that need to come pray. Your life will never work out 
things will never work out as long as you try to live for the world and live for, the, live for God at the same time. And I invite you to come. If you do not know Jesus, you need to move from where you're standing right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm telling you. It's all for Jesus. There's some Christians that need to come right now because you've not been available to the Lord. For whatever reason, you've not been available. Maybe you haven't used those words, but I'm telling you, with my own ears, I've heard two men use that. And I could tell you some sad stories in the lives of those two men. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. God declares and God decrees the extent of man's life. God de decrees when your life is finished. And this is not an hour to play games with God. I need some more prayer partners to come down here. I need several men and a couple ladies. Come on. There's still somebody that needs to come. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. You know that the Holy Spirit has zeroed in on where you are tonight. I invite you to move and come meet us at this altar. Come on, from the back of the room. From wherever you are. From wherever you are. I want every Christian to just lift your hands right now. What about it, Mother? I just feel in my heart there's a, there's a woman that, you know, deep inside things have not been right. You know you haven't really been living for the Lord and things are upside down on the inside. You may present a front on the outside. You may present to those around you that things are, are right but the Holy Ghost knows that things on the inside are not right and God has your number tonight and He's calling the Spirit of God is, is calling to you He's wanting to turn things back over and give you such a sure foundation what about it? there's still somebody that needs to come I feel this in my spirit the Holy Spirit's dealing with you what about it sir? Still another man that needs to come and say, Pastor, I want to make things right in my life. I want a new start this Christmas season. Well, I want every man or every woman that wants a new start this Christmas season, I want you to come right now. Come on. You need a fresh start. Maybe you made some mistakes. You botched it. Come on. Come on. There's a fresh start being offered. Amen. It's about coming to Jesus, letting Him right the wrongs, right the times that we've made mistakes. I'm thankful he's a forgiving God. Amen? How many have ever made a mistake before the Lord? You'll be honest. He's a forgiving God. I want every believer in this room, I want you to make your way to this altar, and I want you to come find a place to pray right now. Every Christian, I want you to come find a place to pray right now. We're going to close this service praying for the lost, praying for our loved ones. I want you to find, do not leave till you have spent time in prayer seeking the Lord. Come on. Everyone, come find a place to pray.
everyone, come find a place to pray. Very softly. Lead us in worship. Very softly.